You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the fam explain them to you. If there's a thing you wanna explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Femsplain! Hello, listeners. Hi, Avalon. Hi, listeners. It's been it's a long time. It has been a while because we've been really busy um, having fun. And yeah. that's it. That is Diana. That is, is Avalon. Sunburned. It's actually better. I'm rope yeah. burnt right now, actually. That's my biggest concern right now. Man, no one asked about that. I'm volunteering that information. And we were camping, so that's why we haven't been caring about this podcast. But we really missed it a lot. We did. And I think, I mean, I think we're more than one week behind. So I think we've been camping and wedding-ing? Uh, Yeah, my sister's wedding also happened. And so I was a bit of a, a distracted person for that. Understandably. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully understandably so. Where was I during your sister's wedding? Not like, I, not like, why didn't I go? But I feel like I was also doing something interesting. But maybe I wasn't. Oh, was I, it Pride? Yes, it was Pride. Jeez. So I also was surviving Pride. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there was just a lot happening so in the last like, two weeks. Get off our tits, you know? Like, we are busy people. We're not here just to serve and perform for you. Yeah. Even though that is maybe the point of the podcast, it is not something you get to demand from us. So stop sending all those aggressive hate mail emails about when's the new Femsplained. You yeah. suck. Put away the torches. Yeah. Call off the mob. It's over. Here we are. We're back. A dinosaur like story. Like a dinosaur story. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and welcome to Femsplained. Yeah, I guess. What is Femsplained? Well, since you asked nicely, Avalon, Femsplained is a girls-only clubhouse podcast where two queer femme humans named Diana and Avalon get to nerd out over things that they feel passionate about. But that doesn't mean that people of every gender and non-gender can't listen, laugh, and learn with us, right? Um, I guess. I guess. I guess. Right, right. But it sounds like we feel like it's important to have this powerful, femme-led, candid conversation about our experiences and occupy our space. I think that that's just fine. Yeah. Last week uh, or two weeks ago, I don't whatever. Know. What I don't know when it was, and I don't know what we talked about. I explained about rent, and I wow, ranted. That was the last one. A well, lot. we also did a live episode after that, and I think that's why I'm confused. Oh. Or not a live. We did a YouTube. Whatever. We did a live YouTube, it. and that was about <laughs> movies. No, it wasn't. What was it actually about? It, it really, it wound up coming back around to movies. It was about like all the different movies that we are into and people were talking about that. But for the first about 45 minutes, it was just about our animals. No, that's what it was. It was about our animals. And then it was just about the man in the iron mask, which the is man not in a the movie I- that we like. <laughs> it's I mean, a we movie might that like I it, but like. It's, not like, it's not like a top 10. No, certainly not. All right. Well, if you want to hear us talk about all of the animals that make noise in the background of this podcast and also the man in the iron mask, go to our YouTube channel. There you go. Femsplain podcast on YouTube. All right. So that was great. Uh, This week, we I think we're going to I think we're going to mutually explain something this week. 
We are. We're going to do it together. But as usual, we do not like to veer off at all from tradition. Uh, we need a man to help us kick this baby off. What? Kick the baby off? I don't know. That sounds like a saying, right? No. <laughs> It'd be funny if, like, in football, instead of it being the old pigskin, like, it was the old kick baby. the old baby. That's <laughs> Yeah, we need a man to come and explain sports metaphors and this topic. I mean, legitimately, if somebody could explain football, that would be really helpful for me. I That would be really helpful for me to fall asleep to. So if anybody wants to do that, I'm in. Don't you ever find yourself in a situation where you have to watch it and you literally don't know the scoring system or the rules? You know, I've been in a situation where I've had to watch football and I, I gotta tell you, I've never cared about... What if you didn't have a phone? I mean, there are commercials. And there are, I like to. There are a lot of commercials. There are a lot of commercials. And they break a lot. They stop so much in football. That's the problem. That's and what that, I don't understand. They stop so much. And it gives you a real opportunity to think about the things in football that matters. Like, did you know that all those little lines and like the little markers, they're not really there. Those are digitally edited How in. How do they do that? I. How do they live green screen I, lines underneath the players? I know. It fascinates me. It fascinates me because they've been doing that for a long ass time too. Have they? Yeah. Oh I don't know. God. It freaks me out. But I like to talk about it every single time that the players stop playing. And so eventually someone turns off the football game. Because Listeners, if Diana you understand the witchcraft that's being used on the ground <laughs> at football games, at football games, please, for the love of God, email us and tell us what's happening. Yeah, explain that to me. I really, that's all I want to hear about football. That and maybe like if you have a dissertation about how it should be abolished, uh, I'm, I'm willing to hear that too. Do you think that, all right, hot take. Yeah. Let's say that I'm pregnant right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, let's say that. <laughs> and I have a son. You have another son, and you're also pregnant, or you're pregnant with a son? I'm pregnant with... Let's just say, Avalon, is it responsible or irresponsible for me to allow a child to play football? I think it's super irresponsible. What if it's their greatest love in life? I think that allowing them to discover that it's their greatest love in life is also irresponsible what if their greatest love in life is like free climbing yeah okay so if your son here let me rephrase this so but if your son have to be a son i only said son because football tends to have male exclusive but let's absolutely just yeah i i equally want our sons and daughters to suffer long-term brain damage and, and die early human yeah procreation so, off offspring yes uh, I want I want uh, equal opportunity across gender Except lines for out. people to have suffered long-term brain damage. If your child expresses a deep love and interest in smacking themselves in the head with a bat over and over again several times a day all throughout their, their growth, would you be like, wow, it's their greatest love in life? I've got to <laughs> let them do this. I have to allow... I mean, I feel like there's part of parenting that's like, oh, I should keep this child alive. I don't know. I think that that's... I think that's part of it. So I feel like football is is 
something that culturally we have we have failed as as a nation that's supposed to take care of our kids. I mean, but we 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 fail in a lot of other ways, like you know, guns, every other way, and every other way in our education system, and yeah. you know, healthcare, healthcare, <laughs> pretty much everything. Uh, but yeah, I think football makes me particularly grossed out because it's not just like we allow our kids to basically give themselves long-term brain damage, but we're allowing them to do it and adults get entertainment value out of it and like yeah. go and watch and like scream. bet on them and yeah. like scream at them to do yeah. better at giving themselves brain damage and pay money for them to not like go to college so that they can do that more. I don't know. It's it's particularly yeah. gross that adults are jerking off to it. Um, I mean, it is very gross that adults are doing that also. Yeah. Literally, uh, they are doing that. Yeah. And those people are bad. Well, I'm yeah. totally on the same page. I just felt like you had a good rant coming. Yeah, yeah. I was real fired up for it. It's 920 in the morning. Let's get angry. Oh, uh, it's 620 here. <laughs> I can't believe you're awake right now. I don't know why uh, I'm awake. All right, but that's not the topic. Francis, tell us what the real topic is. For the love of God. Please. In a man's Putting one minute on the man watch and go. Labyrinth. So let me tell you what Labyrinth is about. You've got this class A gentleman, Jareth, king of an entire kingdom. Kingdom of what? That's irrelevant. He builds a beautiful castle and he romantically woos the ungrateful Sarah, who, like most chicks, just wants to sit around and complain about her family all day. Anyway, she's got beef with her brother. So what's the king do? He... Also not relevant. But suffice it to say, he takes care of the problem. He takes care of all her problems. And after 90 minutes of this girl constantly leading him on and giving him mixed signals, she decides out of nowhere that somehow he's the bad guy. Seriously, what this movie taught me from a young age is that nice guys finish last, chicks will always use their ugly male friends just to achieve their own ends, and there's no problem that can't be solved by leather pants and a cod piece. That's your mansplain minute. Wow. That wow. was good. That was so well, I don't know what that was. I Listeners, know. I'm gonna let you in on a secret. <laughs> Here here's the hot secret that you probably could already figure out for yourselves. We can't get him to record that damn mansplain minute until the eleventh hour. So yeah. we never know what he said. Yeah. I it's very rare. There've been a few instances. It's so nice where, when we do. I love it. I love when I when I get to know what's coming. I mean, to be fair with this one, we haven't asked him to do it yet because we That's just true. did this impromptu while he was asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we but snuck I, away to do a Femsplained episode. What I think he will say, I think he'll be actually pretty pretty good, pretty useful. He might um, reference some of the stuff from the special features. Which I'm super excited about. Which, like, we've all seen. You know, it's not... It's not a surprise when someone knows something from the special features. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, what, the topic is a, a mutual topic, and it Yee. is The Labyrinth. David Bowie. and it's Jim it, Henson's The Labyrinth is Jim the Hens- title. Jim, oh, God. Jim Henson's The Labyrinth. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's the best thing that man has ever created. 
Wow. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say it's the best thing. It is definitely one of my. It's definitely a thing. Favorite things on this earth, though, for sure. sure. Yep. So, so Avalon, why don't, why don't you tell me what's that? The labyrinth. What is that? I was about to say, I was about to say, what's Avalon? What's what's the labyrinth? It's a um, it is a children's live action musical feature film from the I think mid to late eighties, mm-hmm. starring baby Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie as himself. <laughs> and, Not um, actual baby Jennifer Connelly. She is just young in it, but there's also a real baby in it. There's also a real baby who is the son of one of like the producers. And then everyone else featured in the film is a very, very extravagant and amazing puppet from Henson Studios. And it it tells the story of like a sort of a fae child kidnapping situation. Which no spoilers. is amazing. I mean, spoilers, obviously. Yeah, it's So great. many spoilers. It's so fucking great. And it's really well researched, supposedly. I've been told that, like, they really took a deep dive into lots of different obscure lore for it. They had to use a very complicated summoning spell to get the actual Goblin King to appear to be in the movie. They yeah. pulled it off. All of it is real. And then, and I mean, it was years in the making because David Bowie was summoned here, had to grow yeah. up in a human life, live... A, the, all the complicated ways of a human un, until he was finally re- able to reveal himself as Jareth the Goblin King in this biopic that Jim Henson painstakingly put together. And un, I know, mean, I think in order to summon him, there there had to be a real baby exchange. You know, a, the original David Jones had to be sacrificed. Right. And I mean, I hope that David Jones is happy somewhere with the goblins. I No, no, no. It's not. He is not. Why? Maybe he he's is like a slave. Yeah. Well, you know, he could have started as a slave to the Fae, and he could have worked his way to up uh, becoming a goblin king. Not a goblin king. Yes, because... though, because like, what is the world? And now we're gonna have a man in the iron mask situation with two when... goblin kings. Because David Bowie went back to the Fae realm. To when he passed away from this human sack life that he's been living just in the interim. So he went back to the Fey realm only to find that David Jones has acquired his powers and amassed a following and has taken up his throne. Oh my Looks God. just like him. Who's the Has the king? same cod piece. Oh my God, my heart is racing. We just wrote the sequel. To, to the labyrinth. Solid. It is fucking the, solid. The problem is now we're gonna have to do two summoning spells to get David Bowie and David Jones back here to be we in don't the biopic. Back here. Oh, oh, to be in it. Yeah. It's okay. We just need to go there. Oh, and do it documentary sequel. style. Okay. Yeah. Like It'll save office. us a lot of money on puppets. It's gonna be like the office. <laughs> Because we won't be able to leave, so it'll have to be 12 seasons long. And also, David Jones has been Michael Scott, basically. Yeah. Like, everyone knows he's not the real Goblin King, but, like, he makes the Fey Realm a little bit more fun than when the real Goblin King was around. And, like, you had to do work all the time. Like, David Jones 
has a lot of unnecessary birthday parties and like oh he does and he dresses up in costumes and stuff he also has a terrible singing voice so Mm. all of his in the sequel all of his musical numbers are gonna be rough yeah we're gonna have to auto-tune it a lot yeah as opposed to in the original we have david bowie the goblin king not just singing just but just making sound effects as well just casting a spell He's casting spell with real fey magic. And sometimes sometimes he's got to make baby sounds. That's my favorite part of The Labyrinth, is that, and just for anybody who hasn't yet watched the, the special features of the DVD for The Labyrinth or just somehow has not come across this fact, in Dance Magic Dance, there are several parts in the chorus where he says, and baby says, and the baby makes a little baby <laughs> laugh, a little goo, 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 goo. <laughs> well, they couldn't get the baby to actually do that. So David Bowie <laughs> sat in a recording studio and did his best baby gurgle noises for, for the song. To be fair, I'm not saying that they're excellent baby gurgle noises, but they at least, to me, genuinely don't sound like it was him. Like, it might sound like an adult was doing it, but it doesn't sound like the same adult was doing it. And I think that's the most important part. That's the most important part. He did achieve that. Part. I think yeah. it would have been very distracting if it was a very Bowie-sounding yeah. baby. <laughs> it was very sexy gurgles. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank heaven. Wow. Yeah, so, so, so that's Labyrinth. I, I have so many things that I can say. And I don't know what to... Like, not facts, just feelings. I have so many feelings. Oh, say your feelings. Say your feelings. I want all of your feelings. I have so many. First, oh, like, let's just start... Let's just start in the beginning. Okay. Long intro. So long. Good song, but long intro. When you're a kid, you don't appreciate that song because it's boring, but it's actually a really solid song. Really bad CGI owl flying around during the whole intro. That I did not notice was CGI as a kid. Bless my tiny little heart. (laughs) It looks like a Lego. <laughs> I, I it looks like, like a Lego. Like, wow, movie. that real owl. <laughs> the owl, snowy owl, we break to live action on our protagonist, Sarah, in Renfair garb, in a public park alone, rehearsing for just some herself. kind of dialogue, some kind of monologue. We'll say a monologue, because yes, yeah, she's alone, and that's what that word means. Yeah. To no one. But her dog is there, and then she just like freaks the fuck out because she realizes it's late and it's raining and like what was she fucking doing let's how old is sarah first of all she's i think she's supposed to be like 15 but she definitely looks like she's 18 which makes yeah. her behavior a little jarring I but think i 15 is for for the way she's written i think she's younger than that I, yeah, I was being a little generous with 15, but she was also, I was that big of a loser when I was 15. So I think, I, I think that's where I'm giving. No. You didn't no. know me back then, Avalon. I was a big loser. So Sarah, Sarah is like, at what age? Because I assume that you watched this continuously throughout your life. Over and over again. At what age did you stop? relating to Sarah like at what age did you realize that Sarah was not a sympathetic character and like that Sarah I was, was like, actually the bad guy I wouldn't say that she's the bad guy I would no. say that she's not not a sympathetic character maybe but definitely not the bad guy not the bad guy um yeah. I think it's very easy to fall you know victim especially when you're young to to the wiles of of 
goblin trickery. No, they, no, no. I'm talking about pre-Labyrinth Sarah. She's just a brat. She's just she's a, a brat. She's brat. not. You don't get to be a nerdy weirdo and a stuck-up brat. I mean, but you often are as a teenager. No. I sure was. No. And she's yeah. not a teenager. She's like 12. She's Her age keeps dropping. For Listen, for, I, I honestly think she's supposed to be 12. That's the only way that any of her behavior makes sense because she has no problem-solving skills. Wow. She has problem-solving skills. They just don't apply in in crazy town where, you know, goblins are behind you every step, switching around your markings and stuff. I think that Sarah is either 12 or she's on some hard drugs. Because <laughs> not actually because of the, the labyrinth experience, but specifically when Sarah gets caught in the rain and then goes home, the interaction that she has within her house makes no sense. This fucking dog covered in mud, soaking wet. She tries to bring it in the house. Her parents are like, no, it needs to go in the garage. Um, Valid. Hell no. I would be like, all right, get a towel and dry it off. It's coming in the house. I'm not going to leave the dog well, not out like in the forever, garage. but just initially. Like, Ugh. while we have this conversation, the dog needs to be in a warm, dry place that is not going to ruin this house, this pristine 80s mansion. Yeah. Number two. Why the fuck can't she babysit that kid? Because she's a teenager and she's a brat and she doesn't want to. And it sucks because she has no life. So it's assumed that she is always going to be responsible for the kid. That's the part that sucks. She's a nerdy homebody who has no friends and no life. And so she wants to not have to babysit the kid, but she has no other options. But Diana, the kid was already put down for the night. She didn't have to do anything. And it's her fucking brother. I know. Yes. Teenagers are bratty, Avalon. I know. I I, I, I know this is hard because you came out of the womb as a fully developed 22-year-old woman. I I didn't get bratty until college, truly. I got real bratty in college, but I had been great up until then. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm still writing that out. (laughs) And you're, you're, um, you know... You also didn't have like siblings, which is it's a weird dynamic. There's a lot of like jealousy and competition. And especially when there's like a 45 year age gap, which I think is the case in, in <laughs> terms of the actors, at least um, right. in, in the labyrinth. Sarah's behavior just gets crazier, though, that night. What is that fucking interaction where someone knocks gently on her door and says, are you okay, Sarah? Okay, we're going out for tonight. I'll see you later. And then Sarah goes, You really wanted to talk to me, didn't you? You practically broke down my door. It's dramatic. It's it dramatic. And, and and she's a little lonely theater kid. She's just and then ma- she's she's making, full of drama. She's making this really intense eye contact with herself in her vanity mirror. And she has the world's shittiest cardboard crown, like, crookedly on her head. Yeah. She's just, like, putting on lipstick over and over again. Because she wishes she lived the dramatic life that she, that her little angsty musical theater loving heart wants. I have to assume she's a theater kid. You really think that this is, well, she's definitely a theater kid because we pan across a lot of theater bills. Yeah. Um... You really think that this is a, a normal, well-written theater kid, and not I think a this is. I think this is a weird... really. I think this is a very, very realistic teenager. Yeah, I do. It's I dramatic. Don't... It's 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 
angsty. It's dumb and embarrassing. But yeah, that's what being a bratty teenager's like. I've never talked to an adult about the opening scenes and them not be like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, I think I think, yeah, what the fuck is happening if it were an adult human acting that way or even like a 20 year old acting that way, it would be what the fuck. But she's supposed to be like 14 or 15 years old. Do you think there's an implication with how much like little kid stuff is in her room and how much she quote unquote grows up throughout the course of the movie that that that's a bad thing that she's supposed to move away from? I think that that's definitely the implication, and I hate that part. But that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I hate that so much. But I think it's just that that's the, like, coming-of-age stuff for for girls is that it's time to, like, grow up and, like, you have to let go of things that you liked as a child. But Jim Henson does throw that little curveball at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he throws that curveball at the end of it saying – Yes, you have to grow up and you have to move away from these things, but you don't have to throw them away entirely. You can have them every now and then. It's okay to keep them to make yourself feel good sometimes, but you do have to grow up. So how and old do we yeah. think that Sarah was when her mom died? I I have to imagine that it's it's more recent because she has she has evil stepmother ideation. Yeah. yeah. It has and, to, yeah. and the new kid is pretty young. The new kid's really young, yeah. Okay, he's like one. Right. So two yeah. years ago, yeah, two plus years ago, yeah. Dad moved on like a little too fast for her comfort. Just some, yeah, yeah. That's something really like that. the only thing that helps me justify Sarah as a character in the beginning, pre labyrinth, pre labyrinth. Yeah. All right. So then Sarah accidentally summons a goblin sex god. To, yeah. <laughs> to kidnap to her, her little brother, brother and to marry her. And um, she does not I don't first of all, what I don't how is he gonna I don't understand the long game for marrying her. Because if she was just like, cool, thanks for taking the baby, they would be done. What do you what do you mean? Say it say was, Okay, so was Jareth's motivation to marry her, or over the course of the movie did he decide he wanted to marry her? No, his motivation is in originally was to was to, to marry her. Okay. Yeah. How was that going to happen if she was just chill with the baby getting taken? Because the goblins know better than that. They know that no one's actually meaning that they want humans to be kidnapped and taken away to the goblin city. They they, they know this ahead of time. They know human behavior. They've been tricking us long enough. They mm. know our motivations and they know that we make stupid wishes all the time out of pain and anguish that's why the secret key phrase is not anything secret or special at all it's just i wish that they would come and take you away right now that's that's it just i wish the goblins would take you away right now diana (laughs) don't say that what if your lights just flickered out oh my god what if you had to go on an adventure with a sex god right now i think francis comes in the room right now (laughs) he's just waving a ball back and forth francis is not the sex god (laughs) imagine if it was dormant all this time i I mean i don't know how dormant it is he's like a low simmer (laughs) Can you wear that one outfit? His prom outfit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, 
So, no. So his motivation, he knew that Sarah would, would change her mind eventually. But once you've made a pact with the goblins, that's it. You have to, you have to abide by their rules now. I don't feel like saying the words in, in normal, like, fey lore or whatever is enough for a pact. It's, all right. I feel like so, there needs to be something a little more contractual happening. Well, she, she sort of, I think she sort of invited them in to to listen first and then she said the words how did she invite them in to listen just by, by saying all of by, the bulls- by like and yeah by like invoking them by telling the story of 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 the goblin it's a fucking published book it's a published book based on real facts avalon this must be happening all the goddamn time where do yeah. you think they live connecticut yeah yeah Same. something like that yeah <laughs> something like that yeah Okay, um, so then she go. well, first of all, let's just talk about David Bowie's appearance. <laughs> David Bowie's peen is a yeah. leading role in this movie. So after she is, after her baby brother is kidnapped, David Bowie, his revealing scene is like a very frantic, uh, what do you call it, synthesizer owl attacking a window which then just explodes into magically like the most majestic non-gendered human being you've ever seen yeah yeah um it's david bowie in like in skin tight leggings and and leathers and and feathers fluffs and puffs yeah um and his hair is just it's immaculate it's like each individual strand of hair has been spiked and fluffed um he's, he's magnificent maximum intensity yeah so how old were you when you realized that he was a sex object and not just a scary bad guy i think the first time i saw that movie i knew oh, that really? i i knew that i i wanted to do anything to make him happy <laughs> like Okay, that's fair. Because I, I remember as a kid thinking that there was some, like, I, he was very creepy and weird, but that there was something unmistakably romantic going on. Yeah. But it was not until I watched it at a at my birthday party to make fun of it, like, in the seventh grade, after I hadn't seen it in a while, that me and all of my friends were like, what yeah. is his penis doing here? I didn't see, I saw it for the first time as a kid, so I was not really aware of the penis. I was just yeah. aware of the fact that he was unmistakably an important human being <laughs> like I, I was just like this is yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was messed up i was also really obsessed with the caterpillar uh for maybe too long i think that's okay the caterpillar is one of the nicest and best characters yeah even though everything's his fault everything's his fault it's like you yeah <laughs> i'm so nice and and i'm so nice fault. but everything's no. my fault no that's not like that's you. accurate but um Something about his, something about the caterpillar does remind me of you. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. Like, like the the complete dumbness uh, and <sighs> ignorant way in which I fuck things up. No, he just. I think it's just because he's so nice. He I'm really wants nice. to take care of her, even though he does not know her. Yeah, I really just want to make people some tea. Yeah, exactly. I think that's yeah. probably what it is, and also just the way he's like this. <laughs> That is me. Avalon's just uh, bobbing her head back and forth, side to side, like like he does. 
And I like his, I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of one of the most phallic things in the movie. If we think about how, like, weird and fleshy some of his segments are. I don't want to think about that, Avalon. I never (laughs) asked for this. (laughs) You did. You asked for it. No. When you woke me up at 5 a.m. You woke up of your own volition. I did. I woke up to having fucking heart palpitations. So, yeah, the penis worm is lovely, and we all want him on our next Hot Topic t-shirt, and we all want a stuffed animal of him as long as it's not as gross as he actually is. But he is responsible for fucking up the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, all right, so here's where I don't get... Maybe I'm I'm trying to apply too much logic to sort of a, a fae situation. Is Jareth genuinely trying to kill her? No, he's not trying to kill her. He wants her to marry him. Does he's trying Jareth... to break her spirit so that she gives up and doesn't want to return to the human realm because she has, has lost all hope and self-worth. What That's how the, the fairies act. No, he knew she'd be fine. I don't know if he could have possibly known that she would be fine. He is It's the not like there was a king. trigger word that she needed to say that she was avoiding saying that would be like, I'll marry you, like, make it stop. Like, there was nothing. Like, he just straight up was trying to slice and dice her. I think that he got carried away and forgot what he was doing. I also think, I think that if she, um, if she had not broken down and decided to marry him, but had also not made it in time, you know, to rescue her brother. I think that he probably would have killed her for not being with him because he is a man. Um, (laughs) He's not a man. He's a goblin. mm. And I do think that he's of of a third gender. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's he's fae. But he, he, he weirdly does represent this, like, this he does represent a masculine energy as as well i think oh i agree with you but like where is jareth on the kinsey scale oh on the kinsey scale he's like solid three he's right in the middle yeah right yeah okay. yeah i think yeah. that your your level of attraction not your but the general you uh if you're attracted to jareth in that costume and how attracted you are to jareth in that costume is should a, be the new really the litmus scale. test for if you're queer or not. Yeah, yeah. I think no matter what your personal gender identification is, if you Correct. are aroused by Jareth in Jareth's outfit... You're queer. Yeah. You're somewhere in that. You're on this side of the aisle. And that yeah. is really the only test you need. Yeah. If you strongly considered giving up the baby... Yeah. <laughs> to stay. I was like, I don't have a baby straight. brother. Maybe you are straight. Maybe that's if you're straight. If you, what? If you gave up Here's your the thing. Okay. If you see Jareth and you're in love with Jareth, you're queer, period. If the, if the narrative around the sort of Stockholming <laughs> is appealing to you, then you're straight. <laughs> yeah. Because there's nothing that the straights love more than Stockholming someone into a relationship. If we, if we get into all that, then the gender roles seem pretty clearly defined and Jareth seems pretty toxic. Yeah, yeah. What does he say at the end? Just obey me, do everything that I say, and I'll be your slave. Or whatever he says to her. Diana, I know that line, and I'm blanking, and it's making me very anxious. It's just something, love me. Do as I say. Say, and I will be your slave. And I will be your slave. Fear me, 
fear me, love me, do as I say, and I will be your slave. Yeah, There's a lot to think about with that line, just in terms of, like, what the fuck does that even look like? Who's the boss? (laughs) Because I will be your slave means nothing to a fae creature or to a man in real life. Uh, You can't have two slaves in a relationship. Because you wouldn't. His his is bullshit because he's the Goblin King. He's but bullshit he already, everything. He did so much for her. He added a 13th hour to the clock. He built a whole labyrinth, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it was in, there before. In his own realm that he freely controls on a whim. Not oh, no, I in know. I'm real just saying what he thinks. Because yeah. when he's thinks... just like, I did so much for you to make this all happen. I took the baby and then I set up this whole game where you could die. And also which, I added by a 13th the way, hour, which means every hour has five extra minutes. So how long... Which Has is it actually been? <laughs> which is all right. So that's that's something that the Fey are are known for doing. They they get you to initiate this this promise, you know, based on usually tricking you or by taking something that you've said in hyperbole and twisting it and making it real. Whatever it is, you do that, and then they get to feel like, well, I did what you asked me to. I am the victim here because you are now trying to change our arrangement. So now I need more from you. So you you are now trying to take your brother back, which goes against our original contract. So I'm going to need a wife, please. And that's, you know, that's how they work. They're, they I mean, yeah, they it makes sense. They are me. they are they are in chess brain. They are thinking several steps ahead at all times waiting for you to change your mind about your contract that you didn't want to make with them in the first place so that they can get what they really wanted from you, which was a Stockholm bride. Do you think that was like just a sex thing? Or do you think that because the age, the age? Yeah. Or do you think that the Goblin King was genuinely lonely for non-puppet interactions? Because I feel like in dance magic, we see in the when that opens up, we see that the Goblin King, like, is really over not having anyone to talk to who's of flesh and not puppet. Yeah. I think there are some burdens with being a Goblin King. I think that we all do need to recognize that. But, man, and I know the canon origin story now, and you don't because you won't read that fucking comic, even though it's so good. It's only, like, 20 pages long. All right, I have to watch it. I do. It's not a watch, it's a read. It's a comic. Read it. I have to read it. I have to read it. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. What's the best song? Oh, you know what? I think it's the uh, the Fire Gang song. I think that's the best one. Chili Down. Yeah, I wasn't making a confused face. I oh. was making a disapproving face. Wow, really? Yeah. It's because what do you I like, think... as the world falls down? Yeah. yeah. You... <laughs> It's so romantic. It is not. It's no. It's so definitely not. It's creepy. definitely fucked up. But when I was a kid, I thought it was the most romantic scene in any movie ever. Oh my god, I was so bored by that scene. Oh my god, I was like Sarah. Oh my god, you I gave mean, up so easily. I just well, she, first of all, she was roofied. I know, but like, it's out of context. It just seems like the most heartfelt song and she's in this scary place with all these beautiful women and he just stalks her Aww. and like what a dream 
He only has the energy to stalk one child bride at a time. You know what? Jesus Christ. What are we being groomed for by this um, movie? She literally What aren't gets we roofied. being groomed for? Yeah. She gets kidnapped and then roofied. She gets roofied by her best friend to oh. wingman her predator oh, the goblin king. Diana, don't make it like that. That's what happens. But this is this is what stories about the Fae are like. This is why Jim Henson did a damn good job. The stories of the Fae are literally all about sexual assault. I know, and like, the fruit. The fruit is a pretty pivotal piece for capturing. Yeah. yeah. But like, but but did Jim Henson do a good job of choosing to tell a story to children that was going to groom them for? Like, oh a no, of absolutely not. Of and yeah, romanticizing it's, being completely it, fucking manipulated. Yeah, it's definitely romanticized, and I definitely still, even though I knew it was fucked up, I definitely still cried my eyes out when she had to say goodbye to Hoggle. Because I really felt like he was her best friend and he fucking drugged her so that she could be assaulted by the Goblin King. Well, he didn't really know her yet. And his own life was at risk. And he clearly, clearly was very conflicted about it. He was very clearly jealous of Jareth. No. Yeah. He wanted oh, no. Sarah Hoggle's to love him. Beard. Yeah. No oh, kidding. Diana, he's named Hoggle and he's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Avalon. Sorry to ruin all this for you. I mean, I never loved Hoggle. No, I did not love Hoggle. But Huggle. that is gross. I yeah. loved you know who I loved? I loved Ludo. Ludo. We all love Ludo. Oh. And you love Serbidimus. I do love Serbidimus. Serbidimus or Serbidimus? Sir Didymus. I Didymus Sir Didymus, but Sir Didymus. Okay. Sir Didymus, yeah. yeah. Okay, Sir Didymus is fine. I thought he was, you know what, I thought that he was very fun, but I felt like he joined the party too late for me to truly care about him. I thought that he was the perfect balance between the perfect innocence of Ludo let's, and let's the do sinister... What? I want alignments. Yeah, the the all right. So Ludo is, Ludo is I think neutral good. I think so too. But don't forget yeah. about the rocks. Do the rocks like his them being his brothers and him having this sort of like weird alliance with like rocks, which I feel like are representative of a, like a true neutral force. Like I, I want yeah. that to factor into our explanation right now. That's why, that's why like I I'm think, crazy. no, I'm not. That's why <laughs> I think, that's why I think he's like more a neutral good and not a chaotic or lawful. I think Sir Didymus is a lawful good. Yeah. Sir Didymus has a very strong code. He really believes in it. Uh, he believes in, in friendship and loyalty and, and his own code of conduct, but he is truly good in his heart. Hoggle is chaotic evil, I think. <laughs> or maybe I'm gonna say neutral. Neutral evil. He does he does he does change his alignment maybe based on neutral. his own but based on his own selfish uh desires at any given point. Any and, neutral on a Yeah, no, maybe maybe you're right. Yeah. Because also he, he has the he's got the magpie thing. He's got the like collector thing and I feel like that that almost is like a code, right? Like his own uh, sense of ch- like trade I, or equity. 
No, I think that that's just, I think it's just another part of his selfishness is that he just likes things and to have things and will act any certain way to get his things, including, Uh including women. Yeah. Um, I feel so gross about that now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm here to ruin everything. can challenge that at all. Yeah. What about ambrosia? (laughs) My eye is twitching again. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Ambrosia the dog? Yeah. Um, uh, I I have to imagine that Ambrosia the dog is is um probably lawful good as well, or maybe no, because he's a, he's a scaredy cat and he does not give a fuck about the things Sir Didymus gives a fuck about. That's true. He's also a dog. Do we have to give him an alignment? He's like the only creature in the labyrinth that's it's we that's actually that he's his own a dog creature. because he doesn't talk but he we could also maybe assume that he is fully cognizant has do you remember that motives. one scene where he's suddenly a puppet just to illustrate how scared he is but then he goes back to being a real dog <laughs> does he like slowly hide behind something? like does he come up like chattering and, yeah like, and he like, chatters yeah. his teeth like <laughs> yes i do i will say to me the biggest flaw in labyrinth is the the battle it's really long. And it's a very really long battle. Boring. I don't think it's boring. I think that it gets. I think it gets very old because it's just a lot of. It's a lot of very fake-looking tubular rocks so that they roll correctly instead of being like round. Um, yeah. And a, like a lot of slapstick from the guards of the labyrinth. It, it, for yeah, me, but that was established from them earlier on when we met Ludo. They're very slapsticky. I know, They're but very it's just too much stoogy. of it. Like, when yeah. I was a kid, I would fast forward the VHS through that part. Oh, okay. Well, I liked I liked the big uh, robot at the gates. Mm. That fight I liked a lot. Yeah, no, that part's fine. I mean, just when they're, like, in, in their, the city and they're, like, in, the in and out of the building, the little town. I always like scenes like that in... in movies where this big you know battle has been um has been leading up to this point and this penultimate and you have this really ultimately scary bad guy like jareth who is endlessly powerful and just so strong and so fortified and to get to him you have to fight like all of the most idiotic creatures (laughs) who can't fight at all and it reminds me it reminds me of like him watching that like through the glass and being like amazed that like his <laughs> goblin army is just dying because they're confused um <laughs> is reminds me of the scene in hook at the end where the where the lost boys board the pirate ship armed with eggs and yeah. mirrors and his pirates who have guns and swords are just throwing themselves off the ship <laughs> like dying voluntarily stabbing each other in the chest and Dustin Hoffman like looks out over this chaos like I'm fucking Captain Hook <laughs> like <laughs> Um, and that's and that's what that scene reminds me of, and I love. I, I I honestly love it. It's like the the lead up to the big bad is just a, just a bunch of nonsense. I changed my mind. I like that song that song better. I like the MC what? Escher song the best. What? 
I like the 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 like when they're in the MC Escher like stairs. Oh, that, that, that one is my is, favorite song. Oh, right, right, right. It's like the How oh, You Turn My yes. World, You Precious Thing. That is yeah. a good song. That yeah. is a very good song. I, I just like the fire gang and how messed up they are. I think I, the I fire... liked them a lot as a kid. Um, if, I know a lot of people who were a little too scared of them as kids, and it almost ruined the movie for them. Yeah. Um, I feel that way about Dark Crystal. I fucking... was It was way too scary for me. But the yeah. fire gang, I thought, was, like, fun... Yeah, they were fun, and, like, they, they really just genuinely wanted to help. But I feel like... I don't think they wanted to help. I think they wanted her to have fun with them in their way of having fun. It's representative of how we, we need to be sensitive of our, of our cultural differences because, you know, what's fun for you may yeah. not be fun for someone else, and they needed that's, to respect uh, personal boundaries, but... Yeah. That's the Sesame Street came, lesson that I got from that as a kid, too, is that, like, you really need to communicate and not assume that other people's fun is the same as your fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, genuinely. Um, I just kind I think, of felt like though, if Sarah stopped screaming and running and just explained to them that her head doesn't come off, that they all could have like had a lot of fun chilling together. Yeah, they could have been <laughs> chilling down. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she needed to chill like, down. She needed to chill down. Uh, I do think that if the fire gang had been a part of that final fight, um, you know, Maybe more more of a challenge. I think that the, our protagonists maybe would not have made it out. <laughs> oh no! If the fire gang were truly like working for Jareth and bad, and not just having fun, yeah, the movie would be over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did hate that one. I hated the fat one, and I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry if that is like some kind of a weird fat shaming bias. But I just hated when his tongue came out, and he was like. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was about his weight. I think it was about his behavior. (laughs) But why was why did they make the the only fat one also the grossest acting one? Jim Henson, take a seat. We need to talk about your uh, your biases. I just I was oh Ludo, poor Ludo. Remember when he sits down really hard and he doesn't understand why? Yeah. Ludo is Sam. (laughs) Ludo is Sam. Rename Sam Ludo, please. That's that's her name. Oh, I have to. Oh, Ludo is Sam. Sam's just snoring right here. Oh. Yeah. Give me an alignment for the fire gang. The fire gang, I think. They're chaotic. They'd be true chaotic. Yeah, chaotic neutral. Okay. But that means that that can't be Hoggle. Hoggle's not chaotic neutral. He's a true neutral. Okay. Yeah, he only cares about whatever his immediate wants are, and that's it. I feel like for us to be talking about alignments in the Fey realm, we have a weird amount of neutral, where you would think we would have a ton of order. No, there's no order in the, the Fey realm. Their, their order is chaos in the Fey realm. Their rules are constantly changing based on what they, they want at any given but time. But their rules make sense to them, and it is all about rules. It's all about tricks. Their rules are tricks, you know? Like, there are so many rules that they contradict each other constantly and that there's no possible way to follow them all. That's the, like... But it makes sense to them. I I, I think it makes sense to them. I mean, I'm not talking about Labyrinth. I'm just talking about, like, actual Fae. I feel like with the courts and the this and the that, I think that's definitely order and not chaotic. No, no, I think very few in the Fae would be cha- would be considered chaotic. Okay. I, I think that the Fire Gang are the exception to that. All right, so I'm going to circle back around on this because I think there are two continuity errors that I want to talk about. Okay. 
One, and both were things that I spent a lot of time thinking about in middle school and I haven't gotten to talk to anyone about. Heck yes. One, and I said this earlier, but I'm going to say it more clearly. By adding another hour to the clock, you add five minutes to every hour. And therefore, Sarah actually gets like 14 hours and five minutes. How does that work? I'm sorry. I'm bad at this. So the clock goes to 13 hours instead of 12. 13 is the number at the top of the clock. Assuming that's an extra five minutes for every hour because it has to go around each time. It actually ends up being over 14 hours. Yeah. So there you go. Number two. No, that that makes a lot of sense. I don't but think But then that's... I guess you could say just that, like, there aren't five minutes in every whatever. Uh, but too bad. And then the other thing I want to say is that that riddle, they fucked it up. No, they didn't. The, the door's the someone... riddle? Yes. No. How, how did they fuck that up? I'm reserving the right to be wrong about this because I haven't thought about it since I was very young. But I'm very aware of that, like, one of us tells the truth and one of us lies thing. And and that works. That riddle works. Yeah. But to my recollection, something happens in the middle of that exchange that makes it, um, that, like, fucks it up so that it doesn't actually make sense with the door that she went through. Okay. So maybe, like, they just panned on the wrong door. Correct. Um, At one point. And then okay. it's just like, wait, that, that's, I don't know. I had a sleepover oh, with a friend and what we happens, to it out I know exactly what you're talking about. The yeah. riddle is done well. Yes. But when she's talking to them originally, she's facing them and she's on like the right side talking to the door. The yeah. camera panning changes in that final scene and shows them flipped. So she's talking to the same door. It looks the oh. same, but it's flipped. It's inverted. It looks like she's standing on the left side. Because I remember oh. being really fucked up about that when the camera turns. Uh, it's it's a camera issue, and I don't think it's meant to be anything. I think. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. That's amazing that you remember that and you just solved many years of me wondering if they did that on purpose or not. I don't think so. Is there a lesson here where like they were both lying or is there a lesson here where she needed to go to the hand tunnel or like why is this wrong? Yeah. No, I think it it really is just a camera, um, like a poor camera uh, choice because it always bothered me as a kid. I didn't think of it in a way of I didn't. I never wrong. thought of it as the riddle, riddle being wrong. I was just always messed up that she was walking in the wrong direction. Because oh. if they had kept the camera correctly, she would have been walking like to the left. But yes. like, when they pan it back, she's walking into the right, and so it looks like she's walking in a different door. Fascinating. Yeah. But does Sarah? So assuming that the riddle is correct and that it's just camera work, does Sarah get it right? Sarah got the riddle right. She got the riddle correct. Um, then why did she fall down the hole? That was like just a whole new trick. She, if she had told them to bring her to back up back and up, so that she, she could go fine. back on her fucking path, because what I guess I'm pointed this way. Yeah, so you're that's literally where, pointed both ways. First of all, I'm pointed this way already. What an idiot! Um, also, like, like how, God. like we see it. In, from the side, right? We see mm-hmm. this sort of bisected tunnel of hands. Can you imagine being inside the tunnel if the camera work was looking straight down below her feet and the darkness and all of those like kind of vaguely moving squirmy hands? How fucking scary it would be and why yeah. would anyone make that choice? No because one, one thing when you're in an choice. open 
side tunnel. Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No one would ever make that choice. That's that's where Sarah becomes like completely unrelatable to me. I'm like, what is wrong with you? That's um, where Sarah becomes unrelatable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like when, you know, in a horror movie, when they run upstairs and like into inescapable territories and like lock themselves in a, in a, a bathroom or whatever. As opposed to running outside into the yard where you're definitely going to get killed. I will definitely run into the bathroom every time. You're running into a place where you've run now run out of places to go. You're but out. at least I know that I can't get jump scared with my back against the wall. Yeah, you're just going to get regular scared when you get murdered. You would rather, I mean, if I'm going to get murdered either way, murder me in a bathtub. Don't murder me running through the woods where I trip and fall and then well, like, also don't run through the woods. Tree. Like you're in suburbia, run down the street screaming instead of like oh. just running up into a secluded location that is now elevated many stories up and you can't get down. I'm way more traumatized by like the opening of the first Scream movie than any other serial killer movie. What was the opening scene of that one? Oh, geez. It's, uh, what's her face? Oh, my God. Rose McGowan? No. More famous. Hang on. My doorbell is ringing? That's weird. My tent for Eagle Island just showed up. Nice! Yay! <laughs> no, the beginning of Scream is just Drew Barrymore getting oh, Drew Barrymore, murdered right. in her front yard while her mom is, like, ten yards away. But she got, like, she she got hit in the throat or whatever, so she can't scream. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would rather just die in my bathtub. <laughs> oh, all right. I guess we all have choices in, <laughs> that we have to make when there's a I just poured murderer. a lot of coffee on myself, really, for no good reason. Um, we were talking about the, she's in the oogliette. Oh, the fucking t- oh, yeah. Real, like, putting this in perspective in terms of how old I am is that I have a very distinct memory of trying to figure out if oogliette was a real thing or yes. a Jim Henson word and trying to spell it phonetically and look it up in the dictionary, like the hard dictionary. Yeah. Which feels like such a weird pre-internet thing. It Well, it is. And obviously, I, I mean, I... I I have no background in French, so I never figured out how the fuck to spell it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was treated like an idiot for thinking that it was a real word. Yeah. Pee, actually. Yeah, go ahead. Are you looking up oubliette? Yeah, because I wanted to see... I, I wanted to remember the, the exchange that I had accurately. Um, okay, good. Now All right, I'm going to pick. Go ahead. So, Diana. Yeah. There's a little background that you don't have. I, well, maybe you have it. I don't know what you have. So when we got engaged, we got engaged on my birthday. We eloped like three days later. Mm-hmm. We decided not to tell anybody that we got married. Like the intention was never to tell them and just have a wedding and pretend like, just pretend. Yeah. Um, just to take some of the stress off and also to go ahead and start getting better insurance rates, like without having to wait three years to save up for a wedding. And that kind of imploded, but when we went home for Christmas that year, like a month after, I think in a, I think Francis was having so much anxiety about lying sure. about it that he yeah. just immediately was really like let the cat out of the bag in terms of um, his like groomsmen. Uh, I think to make himself feel better about it. But then, of course, when we later told everybody we were already married like it made it kind of weird with some of his groomsmen because they felt like they hadn't just been lied to by omission they had been lied to in like a weirdly direct way 
Right, right. Um, specifically, his best man, who is his, uh, who's going to be a stepdad, uh, I think, is a very sort of stoic guy, and I think he like was very, very touched that he was asked, and then I think he was very hurt that, that it he turned was out. Lied yeah, to. gotcha. So yeah. So anyway, um, but like for Francis, also there, there was a, and myself by extension, there was sort of like a layer of like no shit you have to ask these people because he has so many siblings. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, he and I have had our our bridal parties like very set from day one because of Francis's anxiety, and also very set from day one because of Francis's siblings. Right. Um. But so like the reason I had a crazy anxiety dream last night was because I need Francis to add a groomsman, and he said he wanted to add Chris and then I woke up last night or this morning like but I wanted Chris to play music while we walk up the aisle but obviously I needed him to add Chris because I didn't have room for you and I need you to be one of my bridesmaids um but I already you know had asked like two years ago for like I I filled it up so we had to make a new spot is that real are you are you doing this right now yeah on the podcast uh, yeah, I'm not gonna. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna make you anything cute to send in the mail because I didn't do that for anybody. I just told no, everybody. Basically, I, I just e- said to people like you know, like you're my only. Like I only have two friends. <laughs> oh wait, wait, who are the? Do I know who the others are? Um, Seneca, who came to my brunch yeah. that one time. Uh, yes. And then Michaela, who you've never met, but is like. But I I see all the time on Facebook, I am, and, and I, I. She's the best. Yeah. Um, and then cousin Meg. Oh, that's um, so nice. That's and really nice. then Francis's two sisters. Cool. Oh wow, that's so, a bigger wedding party than I thought. That's a, yeah. I okay. I want I want like none or one or I don't know. Anyway, it had to be five because he has five brothers. Right. But yeah. Oh, that so, yeah. one. Thank you. You're yeah. Welcome. I'm sorry that I'm not doing it like cuter. I just this don't, is so. I don't want to be that person. Like I this, like you know with the the message in the bottle I don't know. No, I'm I know my sister did the whole cute message in the bottle it's thing, cute. but you know what? Like, it's just also, so after the fact for me and like the people who've been established. Like basically, everybody in my bridal party is just like at this point, like just fucking let us know if this is happening and when. Like every year, they're like, "Is it happening this year?" Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. Well, no, I I kind of I didn't think anything of it because we we. Um, became, you know, obsessed with each other, like, after you had already, like, planned things. So I was I not. It's been very stressful for me, though. What has been? Well, that you, like, figuring out how you're going to be one of them. <laughs> one? I'm so, I can't believe you kept this to yourself. I w- oh. It's just been stressing me out. And I also didn't want to tell you, um, I didn't want to tell you and for you to be another one of, like, ten people who are like, is it happening? Is it ever happening? So I, I just, literally now that we, don't like, care. Have a venue it and could sort never of a month. happen. Yeah, it could never happen, and I'd still be excited that you just asked me that question. Cool. So yeah. Um, All right, okay. and I, I I'm feeling like so far at least very um, what do I want to say? I guess very democratic about it. I I don't have like I don't have a of honor. Do you need that? It, no, it, it grosses me that? out. Yeah, I, the whole it, thing already grosses me out. So, yeah, I, I just think, want you to know that there's no boss. So yeah. if behind the scenes things like fucking fall apart, it's my fault for not instilling a leader. 
We don't need there. I don't think there needs to be. I don't think there really needs to be a leader. Like I was the maid of honor for my sister's wedding, but literally like every person except for obviously one person <laughs> contributed to everything. Like you know, yeah. money yeah. wise and like and like planning ideas and stuff like that. I just like I just like set up a group chat and like instigated cool. conversations. You know, like it does. It didn't really. Well, yeah. 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 So that's oh, fun. I'm so happy. Oh, good. I'm glad. Oh, my God. That's so exciting. I'll try to make um, your dress so cheap. <laughs> it could be literally whatever you want. I will dress in a duck costume dollars. if you want me to. I don't oh care. Oh, my God. I do want you to dress in a duck costume. Yeah. I will dress like hoggle to your wedding if you want me to. Don't tempt me. <laughs> because, holy shit, that would be really awesome. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not not just not if it was just you, but if everybody were, if it was like that Rest. final scene, it's the final like the final scene is the reception. Scene. That's what happens. Yeah, and Francis is the owl on the yeah. outside. I didn't realize Francis had five brothers. Well, he has, I mean, he I guess four and then his stepdad. Okay, still, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I yeah, didn't realize he has four but... brothers and two sisters, and none of yeah. them are full. Oh, all like half siblings or step or step. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about the oubliette. Okay, right. So, so the in the labyrinth, I am ninety nine percent sure that they pronounce it Oogliet with like a G. Oh. And so I was looking it up for so long to try to find that out um, as a kid and couldn't find it. I used the word in a joke, like about because I did. I remembered hearing at some point that it was a real thing. It was yeah. like a, a real word for like just a hidden dungeon with only one way out. Yeah. Um, and so I used the word in a joke like a couple of years ago and was like mocked mercilessly that it is not a real word. And the person that was mocking me mercilessly did not tell me that they knew it was a real word that I was only saying one letter off. Oh, it's oubliette with a B. Yeah. Is the real I wonder if I was looking it up with a G too. I mean, it was, it's an impossible word to try to figure out the spelling of as a young person without the internet. Yeah. Without autocorrect helping us. Yeah. (laughs) Or like Uh, a French teacher. uh, Yeah. French. It's just, I, I just, I was so mad because they acted like I had just made some shit up completely yeah and I was just off by one letter and it's a real word I I want to ask this question because I like the question but I feel like I already know the answer and that disappoints me so maybe I'm gonna ask it and then it can go in a direction where I'll learn something new oh okay yeah what is it fuck Mary kill oh my god okay Ludo Serdidimus and Hoggle but I know what you're gonna say I guess I don't know who you're gonna marry this is the worst edition of Fuck Mary Kill ever. Oh, uh, the only like one that's easy is Kill is Hoggle. Hoggle. Yeah. No, nah, I know that really, now. This is this is very upsetting. Honestly, about... he might have been my Mary if we hadn't had that conversation. I'm so sorry I ruined that for you. No, Who I'm would so you have sorry. Killed? I'm so sorry that you fucking let me know. I would I don't know. All right, let me think about it. Oh my god. Okay. I would All right, Kill Hoggle and then fucking you know friend zone motherfucker. I just and dealing with that right now okay yeah so oh god i think that i would have to oh god i don't want to say it i think i would have to fuck ludo yeah i think <laughs> and i'd have to marry sir didimus like only because 
I don't from, know. Because you can't marry him because he's like got the mind of a child. <laughs> oh no! Because he, he, I don't think so it's you that. Have to I just fuck think him. I just think he's like he's too. <sighs> Is it easier he to add ambrosia in? <laughs> he doesn't speak. Yeah, you can't you know, be married to him. You can't. You can't talk about anything. So right. I feel like Sir Didymus would get annoying, but like yeah. I would be able to like maintain conversation right but uh, no and, i agree yeah, yeah. Is, is basically like having a pet more so yeah exactly so you gotta so, fuck him yeah uh, i think oh i God. probably originally would have murdered um sir didymus because i think really? he's really annoying he's pretty annoying but i love him i think that he's i don't hate him i just think he's a little annoying and mm-hmm. i guess i used to think that hoggle was like hashtag true friend uh no <laughs> Which just hashtag, really shows how we're all still on a journey. Hashtag drug you so that I can have a chance. Yeah. Ooh, man. Oh, I just got full of rage. So, uh... <laughs> I, Ooh, there it is. Ooh, yeah. there it is. I feel it now. Um, so, so okay. So, Hoggle then goes and gets her out of the oubliette because Jareth has, prom- has, has threatened him and says... Uh, that it's time to lead her, you know, back uh, all the way to, to the, the beginning. beginning. But that makes me think that Jareth, I mean, she would have been better off just being in the oubliette for 13 hours. Like, why did Jareth need to lead her back to the beginning? To make her lose all hope. She needed to lose all hope. She's come this I mean, far, I and now you have more to hope start. in the fucking oubliette. The thing is, she probably could have figured her way out eventually on her own, and that would have given her too much self-worth. She needed a man to come in and get her out, and then she needed to have to be faced with the prospect of starting all over again. Why are you doing this, Diana? (laughs) Because it's the truth, and you need to face the truth, Avalon. This was, he was trying to break her spirit down entirely. And to take away any and all self-worth that she had remaining. She couldn't do anything on her own. All right. So tell me if I'm taking this too far. And from a literary standpoint, I am starting to read into the fact that Toby was more valuable as a boy, child. Yes. Than she was. To, well, that's not necessarily true. Toby would have become another goblin slave. So, so... It, the but, implication, right, is that all of the goblins used to be children that were kidnapped? Yeah, they are. That gets a little confusing for me with the origin story. Mm. Not all. Not all I of think them. That Toby, I think Toby would have been groomed to be, like, a new goblin king. I think that that's the implication there. Um, but Sarah's not being, but why isn't Sarah being groomed to be a goblin queen instead of being she, a sex slave? That, that's this what is the what goblin. That's what the goblin queen is. The goblin queen is a sex slave. No, I mean, but I mean like a goblin ruler. Yeah. Why isn't Sarah being groomed to be like Jareth's fucking replacement? And so, oh, Toby? because Jer- Jareth doesn't need a replacement yet. He wants a sex slave. Well, by the time Toby grows up and becomes, especially in in Fey time, where there's fourteen hours, you know, for every. Clock. For every clock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, for, for every, you know, where, where time is, is completely subjective. You know, by the time he grows up, then maybe Jareth will be ready to retire. But 
right now, Jareth has got plenty of time left to reign, and he wants you know who's, someone who's to Jareth obey been him. Fucking this whole time. No one. I think that's the problem. Or she, you know, escaped or disobeyed him or broke her pact and became, you know, one of the fire gang or whatever. We don't know. We don't know what happens to the women, you know, after he gets Holy bored with them. Holy shit. <laughs> that's what the fire gang is. Yeah. The fire gang is like this, the, the group of angry exes. My, I wish that, that somebody <laughs> could have taken my pulse. When you suggested that amazing fan theory, <laughs> because that fucking those weird roller derby runaway goblin queens, the fire gang are all uh, lesbian ex wives of the goblin king. Change my oh, mind. Oh my god, <laughs> I love that, and that explains their issue with boundaries. Yeah, yeah. That explains why they saw Sarah trauma. and they were like. Take Sarah, off her come head. with us. Be one of She's us. She's one skip of a- us. They're just trying to skip ahead to the part where she becomes one of them. She already. They already know what's happening. They've been through it. And they're they've also gone insane some- yeah, from their just- time yeah. in that relationship. So they are also a little bit crazy. They're a little bit crazy. They're, they're in post-abuse uh, status as well. But also they've been living in the Fey realm where nothing makes fucking sense. So they're And they're living like that. in the dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For and some reason. So they, but they still have like good hearts. They like see Sarah walking down and they're like, oh, let's just stop her from going through all of that misery and make her one of us now. She'll be yeah. happier. Let's sing yeah. the song that makes people want to chill out with us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when a bunch of like divorcees offer you a bunch of rose like at brunch and you're. And Diana, you're, I think you this is drive. the smartest thing that you've ever thought of. <laughs> I am paper. fucking freaking out i know it i know you are oh my god i'm so excited (laughs) please write this down please write this down i will i'll do this this is my new my new uh project we had another fan fiction though that we started with this oh it was the sequel yeah the sequel so so we have we have two directions but i don't think they they invalidate each other at all the sequel no the sequel we've got some really fucking good stuff here yeah we do it's, a, it's amazing. Obviously. We've got a prequel and a sequel. Yeah. No, not a prequel. We've got a spinoff and a sequel. A spinoff, yeah, because we need to do the, the real ex-wives oh of my God. the Goblin King. <laughs> Can, I, need, I need a better name. I need something that brings, like, Fire Gang or Tilly Down in with, like, ex-wives. Yeah. All right. We're, we're going to have to brainstorm. Anybody has any ideas to help us with this, very welcome. And I'll get to work on a Wow, I'm really pronto. excited. Yeah. All right. So what I, I sense that we're going too long. So like what is there anything we haven't said that's important to you about that? Um, OK, what's important to me is that I have a hard time with with movies that make the protagonist say goodbye to their friends that they've had throughout the movie. Like mm-hmm. if this is a problem for me, I can't like handle in movies like I cry saying goodbye when the protagonist has to say goodbye to the the friends or 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 people that she's been she or he has been uh, with all this time um to go back to reality um is a really hard thing for me I hate it I hate it the most I will cry right now if we just turn on the last scene of Drop Dead Fred I will 
I will start crying. Dude, but that's like loaded. Yeah. Also, First don't of all, if that's your issue, don't fucking watch that Christopher Robin movie, Diana. <laughs> really? I yeah. See, I already know I'm gonna I'm gonna cry during that movie. But but yeah, in in the labyrinth, the fact that she has to say goodbye to all of them, um, especially Ludo and Sir Didymus, you know, obviously fuck Hoggle, but the fact that she has to say goodbye to them and go back to like real life, like really, I don't know, it just really fucking ruins my life. Because I'm like, why? You now know that this is all real. Like, why? Why do you have to say goodbye to it? Yeah, so I have problems with that. I have problems, again, Hook having to say goodbye to the fucking Lost Boys. I did, I have I have so many issues with scenes yeah. like that in movies. So that's that's the, the the final thing that I'll say about why Labyrinth causes me agonizing pain. No, but they um, but I love they it. have them all party at the end though. They do party at the end, but I think the implication There's is that implication. yeah they're they're me. they're gone. And like you can you can like reminisce about them and like you know have some fantasies here and there, but they're gone now. You don't get to go back. That's also a lesson for Sarah in terms of her mom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. oh, Sarah. Um, well, maybe she won't treat her brother like shit anymore. I hope she treats him worse. <laughs> Fuck that kid. Yeah. Toby. He got, he got kidnapped. So uh, I think the last thing maybe I want to talk about is, is I think we need to really hang, like hunker down on what our cosplay would be me you and francis labyrinth did we decide that i'm toby well we we threw a lot of things around i i would be happy with you being well now i don't want you to be hoggle i'd be happy with you being toby Mm -hmm. i'd be happy with you being the garbage dump lady yeah (laughs) i mean i just i'll just clean up my apartment and put it all on my back your back there you Um, go i'd be happy with you being the worm i'd be happy with you being sir didymus who Basically anything be? that's smaller than me. Yeah. If we're doing a group costume, I think it like it makes. Do you want to be a fire gang? No, I think fire gang only makes sense with a bunch of fire gang. Mm. I think I want to be Sarah, but I feel like really shitty about that. No, you should be Sarah. I mean, of the three of us, you're the one that looks the most like a human woman. <laughs> no, I actually think Francis would make a better Sarah than me. I think Francis has got to be. I think he's got to be the Goblin King. I mean, I just feel like he knows how to wear a pair of tights. I, I, is Francis the Goblin King already? I think, I think he's already the Goblin King. I just spent a couple days on an island that was pretty much the Fey Realm <laughs> with Francis. And I'm going to say that I think he's the Goblin King. And I think you're Sarah. I'm not Sarah in the relationship. Well, but, no, you're definitely but not. But I could be Sarah in the cosplay. In the cosplay. Yeah. I guess... He's he's a lot like a fae ruler in the sort of like let's say like wanton yeah needs and demands and emotions yeah <laughs> yeah because <laughs> we get that fucking Odysseus thing yeah yeah from Odysseus yeah. to like the motorboat thing to like yeah yeah no that makes sense um, were you the one who told me about like the buyer's remorse comment at prom about my relationship with Francis. Was it Adrian oh, that said that? 
Yeah, I think it was Adrian who said it, who, like, when Francis, at one point, Francis was climbing a tree very intoxicated uh, while we were all singing Be a Man from Mulan. Yes. Um, <laughs> and Francis climbed this very weak-looking tree that was bending <laughs> and swaying. And a lot of people looked worried, myself included, and a couple of people looked over horrified at Avalon, his wife, <laughs> like, being like, oh, my God, you poor thing. And Adrian... <laughs> And Adrian goes, nope, nobody feel bad for her. She looked at that and said, forever. <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah, I love that a lot. Yeah. Was Did I look worried? I, at one point, you looked a little bit concerned when, like, the branches started to break underneath his uh, feet. Yeah. Um, I'm usually not very worried. Yeah, usually you're fine, but... Uh, I've had, but like, a was... lot of exposure therapy. Yeah. <laughs> for... Yeah. And he never, he's never gotten hurt. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know what? He's, he's, he's less like Jareth the Goblin King and more just like, like Rumpelstiltskin. Like, uh, <laughs> like, I feel like he's, he is definitely a fae uh, yeah, trickster but god, Jareth. but he's not Jareth. He's not, he, yeah. he's not, more you know, like a, a predator. Kind of. He's, yeah, he's a, a chaos god among, among the fae. Oh, Jesus. Well, do you have a fun camping? I had a great time camping. I am loving the fact that I'm actually tan now. Um, I've never been like this in my life. And like real life still feels a little surreal. Uh, I've been at work two days and I just am like, where's the beer? Where's the beer? (laughs) (laughs) Where's the beef jerky? Where's the beer? Um, And... um, Things just ha- ha- have not been like back to normal yet, so yeah. it feels very strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you came, especially Me for the too. whole thing, and I'm glad we talked about labyrinth, even though there's so much more to say. There I really think is. It's time. Oh, it's up. absolutely time. It's absolutely. Did time. I make you late for work? No, not at okay. all. Because okay. we started so much earlier than normal. But <laughs> uh, this is a long episode we've got going on. So, um, what are you doing harder. with the rest of your day after um, this? I think I have one of my jobs. Oops, I dropped my headphones. Sorry. I have my library job, the one that like is new. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have my regular job that I yeah. And then have we have doing. we leave for Tortuga Friday morning, so we're supposed to pack tonight. I'm not emotionally oh ready to be packing for a, a bender weekend. Wow, I cannot believe. Who's going on that? Just the it's, two of you? No, well, it's the two of us and all of our pirate friends. Oh, right, 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 right. And he they don't that. really overlap in our lives mm-hmm. outside of pirate-related events, but they're really mm-hmm. nice. Cool. And it'll well, be Well, that's going to be fun. I want to see a lot of pictures. I'm very excited about I'll that. I'll try. It's one of those things where, like, we don't take pictures usually, not because it's, like, so risque but you just like forget your phone right for a right. week no that makes sense that's how i was with camping pretty much yeah it's the same um, as that but then there's the added pressure of your phone not being like anachronistic not like anybody's mm-hmm. shitty but it just seems weird to have it out when everybody's trying so hard to be just a pirate in character. <laughs> yeah, yeah francis puts his gopro um on a parrot so that's the, hilarious yeah francis is a next plus. level yeah. yeah. All, right, All right. So, so we're done. Uh, it, we're done. We're going to be back to our regular scheduled programming uh, soon. But in the meantime, um, you guys can find us in like all these different places. 
uh, and interact with us, and we, we miss you. Please do that. No more hate mail. We're back. I actually checked the email for the first time. You did. But we're not going to talk about that today. We'll talk about that next time. Yeah, we will. All right. Um, uh, so Instagram is Femsplained Podcast. Twitter is Femsplained Cast. Facebook, Femsplained Podcast. Our non-existent blog is femsplained.wordpress.com. Uh, Twitter is at, I already said it, so I'm not going to say it again. And that's, that's all of it. That's it. Um, please, wherever you're listening to us, if it's Stitcher, it's iTunes, it's Spotify, whatever, please just leave us that little review, leave us a little blurb, put a star, preferably five, five stars or none. Um, and just, just help us out with that if you are listening to this and enjoy it. It would mean a lot to us. Um, and then you can email us at femsplainedpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, if you're someone we know in real life or someone we don't know in real life, thank you for listening. I would love it if you continue to do so. Recommend us to a friend. Or don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to tell you what to do. That's enough. Sorry, that was gross. Oh, that was cute. Just yell our na- our podcast name out in large During crowds. Sex. Or during sex, yes. Or preferably both. Mm -hmm. All right, right. Diana, I'm going to go put on a real shirt and eat something. I'm going to go put on my stupid scrubs. And eat something. And eat something, I guess. All right. Bye. Bye.